Hi, everyone. It's Gracie with Self-Care with Gracie, and, and we're back. We're doing another podcast. As some of you know, I was away in India for a while, so we, there was a, a big pause on podcasting. And coming back in, it's springtime, and I uh, have a lot of really exciting guests, so I am excited to just be putting out um, messages around self-care that can help transition us through the season. And today I have a special guest. Her name is Sari Rudin. And um, hi, Sari. Hey. Hey, Gracie. <laughs> it's nice to have you here. And we're going to talk about a really important self-care subject for many of us, which is dating and the, um, the many twists and turns it can take, especially if we're doing the online dating. I, I was single for the past, like, three years. And then before that, being in a relationship, I was single for, like, seven years. So I did my share of, of online dating, and um, I found some – great people and I found some really not so great situations and and what always came back to me was I was never quite sure how to hold myself in some of those situations because there's not really like a rule manual it's sort of this new um, realm that we're in and there's not like an etiquette book or and and I think that being on that online set made people say things that were like not pleasant and and I didn't know how to handle them when someone would write me a message that I found really offensive I usually would just delete and and I didn't have a place to talk about it so when I heard about Sari's work and, and what she does, is, uh, I'll let her get into the story a little bit more, but she takes what she finds on the, on the more unsavory parts of Internet dating and turns it into something that's creative and perhaps even beautiful. I got really interested because I felt like this would be helpful for a lot of people out there who are like, is it just me or is this world kind of insane? And so this is like the deeper layer of self-care that we can talk about self-care, like hitting the gym and making sure that we're eating protein and things like that, which I think are very important. But very quickly, when we talk about self-care, the conversation goes to topics like this, like how do I hold myself in these situations? How do I set boundaries? And how do I trust my instincts? So I'm hoping we can get into some of those topics today. And um, Sari, I'd love for you to start off by talking about um, how, you, how this idea came to you and, and what set the stage for you to start, start turning some of the stuff that you're finding online into art. Sure. Thank you. That's actually a really um, articulate way to, to turn this over to me um, because it is really about how do you take this stuff that you think maybe is only happening to you or makes you feel alone or like if without – I don't want to start out like super – dramatic or whatever, but it is kind of a cyber rape culture that I've experienced and millions, I mean, everyone I've spoken to that has gone through online dating has had this experience and men too. It's about this, um, this atmosphere where people feel like they, have, they don't have any um, accountability um, for their actions because you're anonymous. So the concept here behind fairy tales, which is this uh, movement or idea that I've come up with is taking these ugly words and turning them into art. I'm an art director, graphic designer by trade, and I'm also single. So it kind of fell into my lap, this idea. It started about four or five months ago. Um, I remember the exact text that I received. I've been online dating for a really long time. I've had boyfriends and no boyfriends. And in between, you know, I would always just go on Match.com or you know, more lately Bumble, Tinder, JDate, whatever it was. And most people are normal. I mean, I'm not going to make it seem like everybody's crazy, but it just seems like more and more I would, I would be getting these crazy messages. And my parents didn't believe it. My friends didn't believe it. They were like, what are you doing to receive these messages, which I think is, you know, why is it my fault that I'd be receiving them? But 
the bottom line is that I was getting these messages, and I thought they were mostly funny. I would always screenshot them and save them. And then I, I got a specific message this past summer. I went on a date with a guy, one date, had a great time, kissed goodnight. Um, we kept in touch. He was moving home from L.A., actually, kept in touch all the summer, finally moved home a couple months after our first date, and says how excited he is to see me and blah, blah, blah. And I said, all right, cool. Are we gonna, what do we want to do? I want to go out to dinner. And he said, well, I'm kind of on a budget. And that's not the point of this, but he kind of, it made it, he made himself obvious that it was more of a sexual thing. And I said, listen, I don't think we're on the same page. Let me know when you get your stuff together. And that's when he immediately wrote back, like as if he was sitting on this for months. Um, You're a mean, ugly, no good, drunk uh, whore who will never have children. And I was just like, (laughs) it was it was the most, like, vile, like, it hit on every insecurity, every insecurity that every 30-something woman or any woman might have, any person. I mean, it's just, it was a pretty ruthless thing to say, and I, I knew he didn't know me well enough to actually mean any of it, but it hit home. It really just, it hurt me. And then I was kind of reading it over and over again in my head, and I was like, what if, why, it's so ugly. And he thinks these words really are fleeting, and I'll never remember them or whatever, but to turn them into something, like what if I could turn this into art as a designer? I'm like, what if I could turn this into a really cool typoca- typographical poster? And I just, I did it. Like I was just having fun, designed it, sent to a few friends. They were laughing. And it was kind of really empowering to take these ugly words that, that someone threw out pretty carelessly. And then when you read them in a different format, they take in a, it gives them a whole new life. And it, it almost, it exposes it, but it almost gives you the power back of, of what these words mean. Because what he meant them in one way, and I turned them around and made them mean something else to me. And it kind of, I don't know, something clicked, and I just started doing it. I mean, I've had, I've always screenshot stuff. I just, I don't know, I'm a word whore, I guess. But I just, I've always collected stuff. And I was looking through all my old uh, files, and I just found all these things from ex-boyfriends, from dating apps, from whatever. And I just started turning them into art, and it kind of caught on. And I've been doing it for the past few months, and I think it's really hit a nerve because there are so many um, Instagram accounts that do this, that show the screenshot of what people say, but then where does it go from there? Like you're, you're exposing this and yet it's, you know, I think it's important to show that, but then what, what's the next step? And I think it's really important to be able to have an outlet to maybe take some of this, this anger, or this feeling that you were just like violated and you, you're turning it around. So that's kind of where I am right now with this fairy tales idea is taking this ugly and turning it into art. I'm I'm just so like proud of you like, when I hear that. <laughs> and, well, thank you. And proud of you for, for how it represents all women. I I just had a weekend away with some girlfriends for a bachelorette weekend, and one of my friends was telling me about this like horrible message she got from a guy on Tinder on New Year's Eve, and oh. she was laughing about it. And I was like happy she was talking about it, but I I was starting to feel like well, what like, you know what where does that leave us and. And what occurred to me when you were talking is, is this idea of shame, which right. is, like you were saying, like this message, you got to hit on like all of our, your insecurities, but I'm going to say our insecurities, like right. it's being at this age of being independent women and wanting to like kind of put ourselves first and be independent, but also wanting to have partnership and like the, the, the kind of unstable terrain that that can be when we're holding these identities. And what most people usually do when they feel shame is they like, you know, keep it to themselves. Maybe they don't hide it. I think, yeah, that's what I did was just like, I'm just going to hide from this. And so I was appreciating my friend for telling the story this weekend. But then I think what you've really done is practice like courage in the, the face of shame. 
which is to like tell your story, but also kind of invite other people along to like yeah. share in it with you. So um, what has it been like to get response from other people and like what um, kind of like how have people responded to this in a way that, I mean, that has maybe surprised you? It, it truly has surprised me. Like I didn't realize how prevalent it was. Like I, I knew it couldn't just be me. However, when it is just you and you're saying, you know, I would tell my family, someone said this to me, they're like, Sarah, you don't, you made me feel like I was doing something wrong or what did you write in your profile to make them say this? Like the second I started doing this, people were like giving me their own screenshots and saying, look at what this person said. And then I was like, oh my gosh, I could just start taking submissions and turning their stuff into art because it's, it's therapeutic. It's like a self-help group. Like when you go to like a Alcoholics Anonymous, it's like you're sharing your story and it's really just empowering. And it's kind of like a community of women who have all experienced this. Like we've all been, verbally abused it's cyberbullying it gets really deeper it is deeper than just somebody calling you a bad name because it, I think it really hits home of like why do they feel like they can do this would a guy say this to you in real life and and probably not but they might be thinking it but it's just the fact that there's no repercussions there are no um there's no accountability they can say whatever they want these are ugly mean things and I think it takes a strong person to not worry about it like I thankfully I can laugh at it, but I'm sure there's a lot of people out there that might take what they say. Someone, someone said to me when I said I'm not interested, you're kind of fat anyway. I, it just, I mean, that's clear. It's, it's like, are you in kindergarten? But it was like laughable. But, you know, somebody might say, I am fat, and that's why I'm not lovable. And that's, that's so, it really is heartbreaking. And like, that's just, that's out there. And if there's nobody monitoring this, I mean, you go on these apps at your free will, and that's like the beauty of it, that you can meet people you wouldn't meet, you know, normally, but you also are going to come across some pretty terrible people like this. Yeah. It's, so it's, it just like, it feels like such a vulnerable aspect of to be exposing anyways. Like, hey do you find me attractive? Do I find you attractive? I don't know you that well. I think, I think there's just something inherently awkward about internet dating in the first place. You're totally right. And it's like, I I listen and I like have, I have like this weird compassion for the people that do stuff like this, even though it's so far from like how I would choose to react. Mm -hmm. Like it's this weird defensive, like I'm going to get the power and by saying all of this stuff, um, and yet it just feels so twisted at the same time. Um, That's the thing. It's, it's really interesting. I think they should have courses in college, like a psychology course. Like it used to be when I was in college, maybe it was, I mean, I, like psychology 101, but now that it's social media, like everybody has access to this and you're saying, things are being said that were never said before or, or you couldn't, you know, copy them or take a screenshot. Like this stuff is real. Like words maybe don't last, like you say them and then you don't hear them, but when you type them, like that's, a real thing and it becomes something and it's not just nothing it it is yeah because it, it stays with each of us and it also affects our culture where this becomes something that we just accept well, and that we think is like part yeah. of things and and it shouldn't be it should never become normal I just received yesterday actually um, a particularly brutal message from match.com I don't know this person I've never spoken to him I woke up yesterday morning, Sunday, and do you mind if I read a little snippet? Please. He says, so this is right off the bat. You need to get off your pedestal and be a little more humble. You're 36. You'll be 40 soon enough. You already, you're already about to expire. 
how about trying a new approach because what you've been doing the past 20 years hasn't been working. Um, you're looking for a perfect guy physically and one with lots of money. You've been finding both. I know you have. From reading your profile, you don't know what you want. Girls like you make online dating for other girls bad. I've seen your profile for years and in other sites. I've screenshot them all. I'm publishing a book, whatever, but a million misselling. Um, one day you will wake up and realize you're old, and there will always be a crew of much younger, smarter, charming, way better looking women than you, even now. No guy will put up with you. Don't get high in yourself from the amount of messages. Every girl goes off the messages. I mean, I, <laughs> that made me laugh at first, but also why, how is this, how is, you don't like what I have to say in my profile, which is nothing wrong. Don't message me. I didn't message him. Why, what, what happened to him? And he's, he's a, there's something wrong there that he feels threatened in some way that he had to come out and say that to me. I'm going to expire at 40. I, I didn't know that. That's, that's too bad. Only three more years, three and a half. Yeah, yeah. Get ready. Live the rest of your life in these last three years. Good right, luck. so I better be with oh him. Oh, my God, Sarah. That is just a horrible message. That is just a, a horrible message. And, I mean, when, yeah. when I listen to it, I'm like, obviously this guy hates himself. Like, because oh. yeah. he doesn't know you. And for you to be able to approach a stranger and say these things, it's, it's like, obviously, this guy's afraid of expiring and afraid, like, has this insecurity oh. that he has nothing to offer and that there are better looking younger guys than him because you I just don't see any other way that totally he can right. project all this. Right. I, I became a mirror, and he's just saying everything that he's – because he's 35, and he's obviously been on these sites as long as I have because he says he has seen me. He's also publishing a book. I'm not going to – I mean, I guess I am being petty. The spelling is atrocious. I, I can't even get into the spelling. So it just it makes a whole, that's why it makes it funny. But it, it's just, it's cringeworthy. But it, it's, it's, again, it's bigger than that. It's bigger than just being mean. This is a culture where he feels like it's acceptable to do that, to, to verbally abuse a stranger. And like, what, where, how did this happen? Yeah, yeah, it's, um, it is. And I was thinking that, you know, this verbal abuse, it can come from everywhere. It comes from our bosses. It comes from our parents. It comes from our partners. It comes from yeah. the Internet. It comes from ourselves, too, that we're, you know, mm-hmm. often verbally abusing ourselves by, like, believing this stuff and choosing to, you know, sometimes speak to ourselves in these ways, too. And, and so I'm curious, like, what did you do when you read that message? And, like, how do you practice resiliency when you do come across this? Because I, I think of everybody out there who's, like, logically understands that abuse is wrong and that they shouldn't tolerate it. And then in the moment when they're having all of these emotions flooding them, like just start to break down around it. So what gives you strength in these moments and what gives you courage to keep showing up and keep sharing? Well, I guess it's, I, in a way, I, I feel like I have like a superpower. Like I, I have a creative superpower where I can turn this like in a, in a sick way of like, this is like Christmas morning. Like this, there's so many nuggets in here that I can use. <laughs> and turn into art. Like, this guy doesn't know anything. He doesn't know me. He doesn't know anything. And, like, there's so much ugly in this. Like, it's a really ugly thing he was saying. And I'm like, I'm, I can't wait. I, I cannot wait to share this. And I don't know if that it's – and I 99% of the time don't reply to that. I don't indulge it. I don't engage um, because there, there's no reason to. But I sometimes I, I don't. Sometimes I give in to that, that urge to just be like, what is wrong with you? And I just wrote back, I hope you have a good ghostwriter because your writing skills are horrible. 
and, you know, never contact me again. And, you know, I, I take that and I'm going to be turning it into a really cool piece. I have an idea for um, like an egg carton that says like best of use by and I'm going to put the date when I turn 40 on it. And it might be like or like expiration date type concept because it's kind of, that's kind of what he's saying. Like women are worthless after 40. Um, so it's, just, it's always it's pulling out that, that message that I think that it really hits. The, the message I think that, it, that is something that everybody can relate to and it kind of hits home as age in that thing for women and men. And I think it's pulling that out and taking that nugget and turning it into something that's really funny or cool or pretty. And I think that's like the power of what I'm trying to do. Wow. And... And you've had um, you've had an art show in Detroit in the Detroit area where yes. you displayed some of the work that you've been doing. And yes. what was your what was the response to these these works of art out of this just horrible human horrible humanity? <laughs> let's call it that. <laughs> I mean, I think it was uh, a show called the Dirty Show. It's an erotic art exhibit that's been going on for about eighteen years in Detroit. And you submit your art. And, you know, they accept it or they don't. And I submitted a bunch of these fairy tales that were the more the really, really bad ones. Um, I don't even know. I just really loathe some things that you don't want to repeat. And I did turn them into art with typography and some illustrations, and those two were selected. So it was actually, like, really amazing to say, like, this is just a little idea, like a little fun thing I was doing. And somebody else saw value in the message behind it. And it was these two pieces that I had were displayed among like really talented artists, um, really cool acts. And it was just, it was part of the show. And I think it really is kind of celebrating this, like celebrating the idea that there's ugly stuff out there, but there's silver linings. There's ways to turn it around. There's ways to make it something bigger than it is. And I, that was what made me really, really like proud in that moment that it, it was being accepted you know, like it's a weird thing. Like no one wants to see mean words. Like it's not nice. You don't want to see you're an ugly cunt. You're like that type of stuff. Like just mean, gross, inappropriate things. But to turn it into something that people can appreciate, um, kind of, I don't know, kind of validated what I was doing, and it was it was a really cool experience. It feels it feels so powerful because it feels like such a, a bigger solution to like like your approach to all of this, to everything that's happening in our culture right now. Like, and, and I think the election really brought it all to the surface, oh. but it's things that have been happening yeah. for a long time. But it became a, like much less easy to ignore in that moment. But how yeah. do we take what is very vile that we're hearing that it's like hard to believe that people are even vocalizing this, um, but also to say like, okay, well, what do we do with it? Because it's, I, I look at it like it's shadow, like all the stuff that we feel like we can't mm-hmm. say or this, yes. that we... Like, we just want to keep it down and pretend like everything is okay. It's shadow. Mm-hmm. And all of us have shadow. All of us have things that we feel like are shameful, that we want to hide, that we f- feel mm-hmm. like no one else could ever relate to. And that the really, like, when we keep all of that pressed down, we're keeping this huge amount of energy trapped in our systems. And that mm-hmm. when we start to, like, be like, you know what, I'm going to be really brave. And I think, like, being courageous and being brave is the only thing that really gets us to the other side of this. But I'm going to start to share it. I'm going to start to take a different perspective on it. I'm going to realize that there's a gift in it, however you know hard it is to find. And um, it, it frees that energy up, and it, it really disarms it in a lot of ways. 
Um, and you're, do you, I mean, do you ever think about like the approach that you're taking in this like larger societal, cause it's, I think what you're touching on, it's like, yes, it's internet dating and it's, it's what people say to each other when they don't know each other. But then it's like also on all online forums, this is starting to happen and like cyber bullying and, and then just outright bullying of people. Like, do you think of this as being a larger approach to being I, able to handle some of that? I do, and what you said really was giving me chills about you, you have all this negative, this energy that you're, you're bottling in, you don't know what to do with it, and I think as a society we all keep things inside because it's not acceptable to talk about it or you don't want to be shamed or humiliated or you don't want to talk about it, and to let it go free is so liberating and there's nothing wrong with having something happen to you and, and turn it around. And, and actually I'm in the process of trying to start an anti-bullying workshop with a local um, Jew, it's Jewish Family Services in Detroit, where I'm thinking maybe it's um, turning ugly into art, and people with their like either parents or high school age children can bring in something that someone said to them on on you know Facebook or Instagram or Snapchat and turn it into art. So it's kind of like what I'm doing on a professional level, and no you know not everyone's graphic designers or his computer access to that, but just the idea of taking these ephemeral words and turning them into something tangible. I think can be very empowering and kind of making it real, and then if it's real, you can get over it. If it's something you can never actually achieve or touch, I think it's easy to let it own you, and as soon as you see it on a piece of paper or you see it as a physical thing, then you, you meet it, right? You see it, you accept it, you, and then you can move on from there. So I am starting to go into the more of the anti-bullying channel because I really do feel like that's maybe where this is all headed. I didn't realize it in the beginning. Like it was more about me and what people were saying to me, but then when I realized that it was, happening to so many people, and then with, with Trump and, and, and a lot of political stuff, it, it's, I don't know, it kind of feels like it's all coming together into this, I don't know, this movement of turning these ugly words into something positive and making a difference that way. Um, I'm not a political person. I'm not, I, you know, art is my thing. I'm a designer. And if that's the way that I can contribute to awareness, then that's what I feel like I should do and I want to do. That's beautiful. It's so powerful. It it feels so necessary. I was I was just listening to the radio this morning that um, it was like a teenager sexually uh, abused another teenager on like live oh, chat yeah. or live Facebook. I heard that. Good morning. And America. no one, forty people watched it, and no one did anything. And then now this woman, this girl, is getting you know bullied on the internet, and it's just like seriously. And it, I mean, it's it's like in some ways it surprises me, in some ways it doesn't surprise me. But it's I think what you're talking about is just such a huge need, um, and so it's and I, I I feel like never like never before that the personal is the political that like what we're struggling with personally is the right. thing that if we start to like heal that in ourselves, we can begin to take bigger action. And your story really exemplifies that in such a such a powerful way. Thank you. No, it's I mean it. Yeah, that, that apathy that that story you're just talking about, like that was what the 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 sick the, the sad part was that nobody like bad things are going to happen. But then if people don't think it's wrong or people don't feel the need to do something about it, then it's just going to keep getting worse. And I think you really we really have to make sure people are aware. And it's not silly or funny. Like if someone calls you a terrible name online, like it's not it it's not as much as it doesn't matter because they don't know you and you have to be bigger than that, at the same time it, it does because that's propagating this idea that you can get away with calling anyone anything and there's nothing, nothing wrong with that. And it's just, I think it's a slippery slope 
um, as far as online stuff goes, but it, in, it will leak into the real world. Like, it is real, right? Like, it's digital, but it really is, it's real. And, and it is like it's a culture of, you know, violence versus a culture of care. And, and this is where right. I think that self-care really becomes so important. It's because it's like if we're, if we're like on the inside really speaking to ourselves the way that some of these people are, are reaching out and speaking to you, and there mm-hmm. definitely have been moments of my life where, you know, people would say things to me on the outside, and it's because I, you know, like on some level I really believe those things about myself. And, like, right. and it's, it's like until we can really confront those voices inside of ourselves and, like, make this agreement of, like, I'm going to stand in my own dignity and humanity and let myself make mistakes and be imperfect and still, I'm still worthy of all of this love and connection that's available to me however I am, like, and, and then it's like then we can really show up and start to, like, bring that into culture itself. And I think, I think what holds people back is that they don't believe, I think that they believe that stuff is really true. And so it's like by you sharing it, it's like it's really the most powerful thing to be like, well, that's, you're not internalizing it any, anymore. I don't know if you were internalizing it in the first place. No. But that's, that's, like, how I see well, it. <laughs> no, you're, you're spot on because I think up until that point when I started doing this, it was toxic. And it was affecting the way that I, it was affecting the way that I was showing myself to the world and the way that I was dating. And to be honest, since I started doing this, I've met someone and it's the best relationship I've ever been in. And I feel like it's because all of this negative, insecure, uh, hostile energy was in me. And now I'm letting it out and it's letting me be free from that. And I'm open to something better and real. And it's kind of weird, like the timing and all of all of that. But I really, what you, that's why what you were saying earlier about this negative energy being trapped inside, like I really think there's something behind there. Um, and, and letting it out and, and calling it out and acknowledging it is not bad. Like I think that's really, really powerful to be able to do that. And, I, and so I, I totally agree. I, I, I get it. And it that gives me chills when I think about it because I think it's just you have to like have light shown on these things in order to get past them. Absolutely, and and that light is really like the the basis of our of our self worth. I love I love the way that your story is coming together because it's like <laughs> makes perfect sense in in some ways. Of course, the moment that you stand up for yourself, like you're gonna attract someone who like is willing to stand in your strengths instead of in your weakness with you. Yeah. And exactly. and I, I notice that myself with like yeah partners and friendships and like times in my life where I'm not feeling good about myself. I attract a lot of friends who don't bring out the strength in me either. And right. the times where I'm like willing to stand for my, my own empowerment, I, I attract people who are standing in theirs and it helps me keep going. So it's like these cycles of yeah. um, really moving forward. Um, well, how is all of, I was, I was going to ask you how all of this has changed your identity and that sounds like a powerful shift, but are there other shifts that you've noticed in the way that you see yourself differently now? Yeah, I, I think I feel more in control. I feel more powerful is not really the right word, but I'm not afraid. Like I feel like, oh, if something bad happens to me, I can come out of it better. I can turn it into something better. Like it's a little thing that's taking ugly words and turning them into art, but it's translated into every aspect of my life as a designer with my normal 9 to 5 job. I approach things differently because I'm like whatever someone gives me, whatever the assignment is, I know that I can – I can make it work. Like it's really just, I think, overall affected me as a person and making me more confident and more secure and, and more optimistic. 
Like I feel like as bad as something is, there's something good that you can take out of it. And I, I think that, like as you were saying, like that like attracts like. It's attracting better things in my life. Um, and I've really have never felt more in control and where I'm, I'm where I need to be. Like I just I feel I feel good. And a lot of people have said to me, Well, you're you know, you're dealing with this negative stuff, you have to hear all these guys saying crappy things to you and, and like, yes, that is I'm exposed to that still, but I know that it's kind of like putting it in perspective. Like I just turned it around. Like I don't see it as them like belittling me anymore. Like they are belittling themselves. And I don't want to like make fun of men. I don't want, I'm not trying to, it's not about picking on them. It's just about taking what they're doing and exposing it and, and hoping that it helps somebody else who's going through this so they can see that. And, you know, I make sure they're anonymous and it's just the words I think really resonate with other people because everyone's been, everyone's gone through this that's been in online dating, men and women. Absolutely. And there's, there's such a power in, in the confrontation of it rather than the hiding it. And I keep thinking of the story of, of Lindy West and, and confronting her internet troll. Do you listen to that episode of This American Life? Ever? No, tell me. It's um, this, this woman who is, she's, you know, very feminist and very like body positive and just keeps like a, you know, a, a very upfront and open Twitter feed. And she has a lot of trolls as a result. And one okay. of her trolls, and she's like hadn't accepted that and, you know, was just moving through you know, getting heckled about things. But then one of her trolls, her father had died and one of her trolls had like made an online Twitter account for her father where I like want to oh. cry even talking about it where he, he like started to say horrible things about her. And like, oh my God, yeah, really, really bad. And so what she did was she reached out to him and was like, can we talk about this? And just so you know, oh. like this, this is really hurtful for me. I never respond to people, but it's really hurtful. And no, he wrote her back. That's what happened. He wrote her back and was like, I'm really sorry. I deleted the account. And then a little while passed and then she wrote him because she wanted to do a piece on it. And they recorded an interview on This American Life where she told him what had happened and he was like, I was in a really dark place in my life when I did that. And he had obviously grown and, like, learned from it. And they yeah. had this really deep heart-to-heart where it was very humanizing for both of them. But it, 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 I, that sticks with me. And I think, I think to what you're doing is definitely in the same vein as that as well, of, like, the power of confronting rather than hiding. No, that's, I mean, that, it makes so much sense that these ugly things come from people that are not, like, they don't feel good about themselves. And as long as somebody doesn't feel good about themselves, well, this is going to keep happening. So the more that you change, try to change that behavior, then, you know what I mean, it's, it's a cycle. And if you don't have people feeling bad about themselves, they're not going to be saying mean things to people, and it's not going to keep going. So it's like it has to stop somewhere. And I think confrontation, like you were saying, confronting it versus hiding, which is beautiful, like I really like that sentiment, is really, really strong. That's, mm. I really like that. Well, how would you, um, what wisdom would you impart to someone who's out there and is, is getting messages like this and maybe isn't quite ready to like make them into art or publish them for the right. world to see that feels like too much? Like, is there, how would you advise that they take care of themselves in the meantime as they're navigating this world? I mean, I would absolutely say do not engage. Um, you, you, most of the time these guys are trolls. I, I think they send these messages out just in the hopes of riling people up and you just you have to be bigger than it, and you have to know it's not you, it's them. It's nothing about you. They they don't know you. It's they're very they're not in a good place, and you just have to disengage, block them, move on, and know that that's nothing to do with you. And online dating is great. I the the person I'm dating right now, I met. All you need is one. There are good people on these sites. It's just it's an easy way 
it's easy to meet a lot of bad people too. You just have a good judgment. And if your gut's telling you something, absolutely follow it. Don't meet them. Do not even talk to them. I think you get a pretty good idea of who somebody is. I mean, everyone says you can't tell from a text, but I think you can tell quite a bit from the way that they, the way that they approach the whole conversation. So I just, I really think don't engage, don't try to rile them up. Um, I just, you just have to walk away is what I think, or take a screenshot of it and send it. So there's a million, there's a ton of these Instagram accounts that kind of have a platform where they can share this. And that maybe if that makes you feel a little bit like safer or makes you feel more like you're with a group, like I think those are great outlets. But I think online dating is good. I mean, I'm not anti-online dating. I just think you have to be aware um, of the type of people that are out there and, and know that it's not you. Mm. So don't, don't further internalize it. Like, right. Don't engage. Don't expect you're going to win that that fight and get. I, I think oh, what the story the story about that lady confronting her troll is like the the vast exception <laughs> to like what. Yeah. Most people aren't going to come and change their mind just because you write back. No, and, and you know it's you it's like even in dating though you think you're going to change somebody that's why you want to date somebody and you're like oh they're a bad well you you're not going to change somebody like there's this quote. And I cannot, for the life of me, remember who said it, and I'm embarrassed, but it's people do not change, you change. It might be thorough, but it really, that's what I've always come back to throughout my life is that no one else is going to change with the way that you see things changes, and that's kind of what, you, that's all you can count on is, is your, perspe- your perception of things, and don't think that anyone else is going to change, and you're not going to change them. Mm. Powerful lesson in relationships. Yeah, thank you for sharing that. And um, and I think your story is a great example of it. You you changed mm-hmm. your perception and you changed your life. Yes. So in the process, like, in the, yeah, of course we're in process. But you let's let's right. uh, we'll celebrate what what you've done and what you're doing. Thank you. And I I do like to check in with guests and really ask what in this ongoing um, quest of mine to really figure out what self-care is, um, I'd love to ask you what self-care is and how you practice it in your life for you. Hmm. I think for me, I know self-care is being able to not get overwhelmed with everything that's going on. Um, I like having a routine. I like having a pattern. And I like knowing what I'm, what I'm able to give people. I, in like my friendships, relationships, family, like, Self-care for me is being able to give to them what I want to get back. And if I'm tired or if I'm angry or if I'm not feeling healthy, then I feel like I can't give what I expect back. And so it's really important for me to get good sleep, to exercise, to eat well. Um, so self-care for, in, for me is just a balance, I guess, is what the bottom line is, is just making sure that I can be the type of friend and sister and daughter that I would want someone to be to me. No, that's beautiful. Well, thank you so much for, for being here with us, Sari. And I, I've learned a lot. It's definitely provoked a lot of thoughts. And, um, and I'm going to carry your story with me as an inspiration for, like, when, when, we, when I do confront some of the harder parts of humanity <laughs> of, like, how to, how to take that and make it an empowering moment instead of trying to hide from it or fight against it. And thank you. I know a lot of other listeners out there are feeling the same way. And um, can you please let people know how they can stay in touch with you and follow the work that you're Absolutely. doing? Absolutely. So it's uh, Sari Tales. Uh, I, always, I always spell my name for everyone. It's S, like Sam, A-R-E-Y, 
T A L E S. So it's Fairy Tales, but Fairy Tales. I'm on Instagram, Twitter, fairytales.com, uh, and then I also have an Etsy shop. If you just search for Fairy Tales on there, it's all of my products, um, greeting cards, coasters, posters. I turn all this ugly into actual art, not this digital social media meme type things. But then I have um, printed pieces that are, you know, some are not appropriate for maybe a family to have in their house, but it's like fun, fun things for like your, to give your girlfriend or a bachelorette party or an ex or whatever. If it's like a funny, there's it's, a lot of it's just tongue in cheek, but it's really literally turning this ugly work into art. So those are the main, main ways to stay in touch. And I'm always posting stuff on Instagram every couple of days. I take submissions, turn other people's ugly into art. Um, so feel free to reach out to me and any of those venues. Awesome. Thank you for your time. Thanks for sharing Thank your story you. and Grace, for the it was, inspiration. Thank you. It was really, really nice talking to you. It was a, this was a great interview. I loved it. You were great. Oh, thank you. Um, thank you. And for everyone out there, you know, that maybe you're in a relationship and this doesn't feel incredibly pertinent, but I, I think it is because I, I think what we're talking about, it, it is talking about this internet layer of dating, but also it's, it's about how we treat each other as people and if we're going to make that choice to, to really show up and stand for what we believe in and protect the people around us and, as Sari said, to, like, be the kind of lo- – daughter and friend and, um, and partner that we want to be. And that, that does involve like knowing how to handle these difficult situations and knowing how to stand up for ourselves. So we can support ourselves in that way um, by looking at how we treat ourselves and really like standing and not, not internalizing this. We can look at how to make difficult situations into more beautiful and um, transcendent opportunities that create connection. And we can help other people remember that too, as our friends are going through some of this, this online world as well. So thank you all. Um, Keep taking care of yourselves and I will look forward to checking in with you soon. Bye-bye. Hi, this is Gracie with Beautiful Life Self-Care. Thanks so much for listening to the show. I hope you learned something new. If you want to connect more, then visit me at selfcarewithgracie.com. There you can sign up for my weekly newsletter where on Wednesday afternoons, I'll send you more self-care practices, more inspiration, and more opportunity to connect to a community of people who really care about really good self-care. Also, write me if you have any other questions or if you have ideas for future shows. My email address is selfcarewithgracie at gmail.com. Thanks a lot. And remember, keep putting yourself first and everything else will fall into place. Mm -hmm.